0: Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything, bring yourself, show up and and remain steadfast and be a... If you
1: are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you
0: supporting women is my passion and my purpose and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do
1: I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted she was just either i afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant
0: their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again, and trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm happy to welcome Amanda B. Cunningham to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Amanda is the Chief Operating Officer of the Future Coalition, an anti-trafficking social profit organization that works in India and Nepal. The coalition uh, focuses on holistic healing, offering remedial education, vocational training, and mental health services to survivors of gender-based violence and high-risk females. In 2021, their work was recognized by the Obama Foundation's Girls Opportunity Alliance and Together Women Rising. Before spending strategic development in her future, Amanda traveled the world by boat for almost a decade visiting six continents in over 30 countries. She has also founded two yoga studios. She is a single mother residing in the Carolinas and as an engaged community member, often collaborating with thought leaders and advocacy groups. Amanda also writes what she calls Honest Words, which have been featured in Redbook, Headline, Bustle, and many more. Her yoga trainings are available at Yoga Yoga International and you, you did me you did me <laughs> I'm not sure I said that right you did me I'm very excited to welcome Amanda to smart amazing conversations with me and talk about her future coalition the work on the behalf of women welcome
1: thank you so much thank you for that introduction.
0: you're very welcome. this is a tough tough subject but one that we need to talk more and more about. Uh, I think some of the things I was reading, you talked about being the third. But in the United States, I've heard that the second largest uh, business in the United States is, is human sexual trafficking. So this is, this is a huge problem and it's been going on for centuries. And uh, I know there's a, a couple different organizations in Los Angeles that are working to stop human sexual trafficking and I've helped with that. But this is amazing, the different countries and what you're doing. So let's find out more about you first because this is okay. about you. none of this would have happened without you. So tell me, tell me about Amanda. How did you get to be the Amanda that I'm talking to today? How'd that
1: mm-hmm. be Oh my gosh, so much, right? Yeah, um, all good. I grew up in a small town in Ohio and uh, always, Kind of felt a little bit suffocated, and knew I wanted bigger, better, different, but didn't know how to define that. When I was younger, went to college, got my first job out of college, and uh, it was great. It was an excellent salary. I was the youngest female um, in the, that branch, but I just had this wanderlust, and decided I was going to fulfill it before you know going back to the workforce. So I moved to Florida and I ended up on a boat. And I thought it would last a year. It lasted seven years. So it was a circumnavigation vessel, never in the same place twice. We crossed the Atlantic Pacific and the Med, um, like you said, six continents. And I think seeing the world at a young age, definitely, you know, left an impression in which college could never do. And always felt like I wanted to do something within women female empowerment. I realized and understood more of my privilege having traveled everywhere and wanted to do something with it, felt called to do something with it. I came back to the United States after seven years of living abroad and started again interviewing for jobs. Nothing seemed to click and one of my passions was always yoga. So, I decided to open my first of two yoga studios that was in Kentucky. And then my second was in South Carolina and Charleston. And within that, seeking more education in yoga, your your basic is like a two hundred hour. I was seeking a thousand hour. I came across a company called Yoga Medicine, and they did yoga trainings all over the world. And so that to me was really appealing. I wanted to travel. I wanted to learn more about yoga and anatomy. And when on my first trip to Thailand, it was an excellent trip. And at that trip, the trainer, Tiffany Krushenck mentioned they were going to offer their next trip in India. And it was a, not like, not like a mission, but um, we would raise money and we would go and we kind of dive into human trafficking in India that connected because I was so immersed in the yoga community and you know, it's stemming from India, that whole idea of going back and giving back to a culture that had given me so much in my life was, it just felt like a puzzle piece was there. Um, and so then I went to India for the first time in 2014, I believe. And, I always say you kind of go with an idea, but you come back with a life purpose and it's kind of hard not to.
0: Right. And so this is how it began.
1: This is how it began. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had gone with a third party company to kind of do this immersion trip into India and they kind of, they took like a larger percent of donations than we wanted them to, And we really wanted to kind of streamline this process moving forward. So the owner of that company, you know, reached out to me and said, you know, would you be interested in creating a nonprofit branch of her for-profit business, this yoga training? And I said, yeah. And so we started to explore that. And if you're, and I didn't know this at the beginning, but if you're not in the nonprofit world, it really is a totally different world than for-profit. And I had come from for-profit. So there was a learning curve and a learning process, and I definitely needed to tap into the nonprofit world here in the states to even understand what I was attempting to do outside of this country.
0: Yeah, let me it, let me stop you for one minute, and I do sure. everybody, so don't feel bad. I don't use yeah. the word nonprofit; I use the word social profit. Sure. Uh, I I also am a five hundred one c three, but there's just something about that term that just kind of, it's kind of like running nails down a blackboard for me when you talk about the social profit. Uh, organization. I think it just changes the way people view uh, the organization and ha- and what you're doing, because all these 501 c social profit organizations, without them, without your organization, would be a completely different world. So I'm just throwing that out there. You can use it or not, but social profit just sounds so much better than a non-for-profit. So anyway.
1: Yeah, I love that. No, that's a good, a good <laughs> shift in thought process. And you know, and it's so often people will like ask for your books, your finance, your financials, and we have them on our website and, you know, it's open to everyone, but you know, they'll be like, well, what's this overhead for? And it's like, well, I want to know if you can run your business, you know? Yeah. Well, but also someone has to get paid. Yeah. 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 Do you have
0: books and do you actually have people that do accounting for you? Yeah. It's a, It's definitely an interesting view as to how organizations see or businesses see one another, especially if you call one for profit and one for not profit. So anyway, that's just, uh, those are verbiages, but words are powerful. So, all right, so you've got your 501c social profit organization. Now you're going to run it now. So you're in the, you're at the, you're in that total learning curve.
1: I am. Yeah. And in that learning process, I was invited to the Nobel Peace Prize forum when Kailash Satyari and um, Malala won it for their work, uh, which was an absolutely amazing conference. And I was sitting in on a panel and there was like, I don't know, five or six women on the panel. And one woman was speaking and she said, you know, my nonprofit is made by survivors in Calcutta, India. And I was like, Oh my God, I've actually been there, which is, yeah, you know, we're, yeah. we're all the way in this middle of the States. And, and so we connected and we joined forces. So her future coalition is the parent company to yoga medicine, Seva. And I run both of those social profit businesses. Okay. Talk about, talk
0: about what this is that we're, that, so what, talk about what you're trying to, to stop, talk about that and, and, and the impact it's having on many countries, but again, in India, you're talking basically about uh, uh, Nepal and, and Indian and Nepal. So, but there's so many, I mean, like I said, in the United States is the second largest business is human sexual trafficking. So talk about what what your your organization is doing.
1: Yeah, so behind, I mean, this is globally, behind the illegal sale of drugs and firearms is the illegal sale of human life. Right. And so this is a truly a global global pandemic. We're looking at about 40 million slaves on the planet today, which is more than we've ever had in the history of the world. And so, you know, it's always kind of touchy when people are like slavery ended and it's, it's it it just never did. Calcutta, India. So trafficking line from Nepal into India is the largest human trafficking line in the world. We consider it the epicenter of trafficking. So we kind of, have gone to the epicenter uh, for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, one of the biggest, I think is, and it goes to your question of like, what are we trying to do? And and you can answer that in so many different ways, but I've re-explained it to myself so many times that we're actually trying to change a deeply ingrained belief that women are less than,
0: right, right, and
1: yeah. I mean, when you break it down, it's it's that's what it comes back to. And will we do that in our lifetime? No. And I know that, and I hope everyone knows that. But what we're doing is planting a seed in the children in India or all over the world that women are not less than, yeah. and the world benefits when we're we're equal and and lifted and supported and treated as we should be.
0: Well, poverty is really the key to much of what you're talking about, though. When when countries have poverty, then they look for whatever resources they tend to have to create income. And of course, this is such an easy uh, thing. As you said, the, the mindset of, of the and the culture itself, uh, again, as far as the value of girls and women, is that they are commodities, they are products, they are things that can be sold for, for, with value. So yeah, I mean, this is, this is huge.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have, we have, we work with some more tribal communities in parts of India and Nepal that actually celebrate when a daughter is born because they know that daughter is profitable. And, you know, we say this all the time too, you sell a drug once and you sell a gun once, but you sell a girl 20 times a night. And, you know, when you see it, you know, when you hear it, it's shocking, but then when you see it, it's, it's unfathomable, right. That, that we sit in these safe, beautiful homes, wherever we're at. And, and we're still on the planet with that happening. So, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, definitely trying to change that belief yeah. system and we believe that we can achieve the change that's possible in our lifetime through education. So remedial to vocational education, giving them a trade or a skill in which we'll turn into an income-sustaining career, exactly what you're saying, to end this vicious cycle of poverty okay. um, and to, yeah, empower a woman, you know, I think a woman with education and or confidence and an income, can still be in a vulnerable position, but have a level of confidence that she can manage out of that in a much better way, a much safer way. Yeah.
0: Well, in California where I'm located, there are many, uh, there are several different organizations who are working to end uh, sex, human sexual trafficking. But what they've done is they they have actually the survivors, and this is something that I'm sure you probably have are doing also. But the survivors are becoming uh, their teachers, their trainers. I mean, so, somehow there's more value when a girl, when a girl or a woman talks to someone who is a survivor of human sexual trafficking and how she's changed her life. I've got this fly that won't leave alone.
1: I see it. No worries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that they that they listen to and that they can talk to about, you know, first of all, you know what they went through, but second of all, how they survived and how they are now changing their lives and changing the lives for, or showing others how they can change their lives as well. So do you have women and girls that 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 are survivors that you're using in your programs as well?
1: We do, so our, with the exception of two, our entire Indian based staff are women that have started in our programs and graduated. Yeah. Yeah, and it is, it's absolutely beautiful to witness. Uh, that f- full circle process. And to have them, yes, yeah, stand there representing those that are walking through the doors and needing those resources and giving that sense of hope and faith back to them that like it is possible and we're here for it.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah we love that. Um, And we also offer in our vocational offerings, we we have like, some basics that we offer, but we also say, you know, what do you want? What are you called for? And inevitably, it's like ninety percent of the time they they choose careers in which give back to their communities. So, you know, OBs. There's no female OBs in India. And then, you know, imagine you've been sexually abused your entire adult life. Um, you don't want to go to a to a male doctor. Um, female police officers. The police in India and Nepal have been so corrupt, and a part of this industry for so long and and girls are now wanting to get into that, to show these communities that like police can be good and safe. Um, And, and yeah, and or teachers, we have um, an amazing story from Anjali, who's in Nepal. She was trafficked um, by her own family when she was 12. She spent three years um, in a brothel. She came from a very indigenous tribe in uh, kind of like the foothills of the Himalayas in Nepal, but they have a 100% rate of trafficking, a female family member in their village. So every single household has trafficked, you know, a grandmother, an aunt, whatever, whatever it is. And she got through, survived, thrived, went back to her village and opened a school to do exactly what I'm what I'm saying is like planting this seed right. through education that we do have other options and women are not less than and children do need to learn to read and write and here's why, and you know that that's really beautiful too. You know that that someone can not only survive right, but then thrive and choose to go back into, you know, knee deep into it, and scary and you know triggering to you know, dedicate herself to say, hey, no, this isn't going to happen to someone else.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I've been to Indiana. And again, it's such a, the masses are, are just, I mean, the mass of people and the number of people uh, can be extremely overwhelming. And, and yes, poverty is always, well, poverty is a deal breaker in any, any country, in the United States or any country, as far as the vulnerability of those that are are supposedly weaker and less than. So, well, what what do you think your numbers are now? I mean, I, how, you've been in existence what since 2014? T- is that correct?
1: So, her feature coalition, which is the actual 501c3, uh, is 16 years old. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, there's a founder of that. Her name's Sarah Simmons. She has um, two books. But I run operations for, like I said, both of those companies. What are our numbers as far as? how many were affecting.
0: Yeah. I mean, but again, you know, maybe that's not even a fair, that's not even fair to even ask that. But, but again, you're, what is the accountability? What are you seeing? I mean, are you making an impact or how do you, how do you see things changing? Or again, how can we help you to increase your numbers? Uh, You know, I mean, again, we have the same problem in the United States. So this is, Something that I think a lot of people don't really understand is that we have the same thing going on in our country that's going on in many countries. And awareness is key. I mean, we, we can't do something about something until we know what it is and understand what it is and, and how we can do and how we can help. So uh, give us some of those parameters.
1: Sure. Um, so I always say care, share, and do. Um, and care kind of encompasses, yeah, what is happening in the world and around me and what kind of position am I in to, uh, to affect change. And then, like you said, sharing is huge, just even learning and then having a conversation start in your household at the dinner table with your friends, your neighbors, you know, expand that, whether it's this issue or others, I think that route, you know, sometimes I think we feel like, Oh my God, I don't have all the money to donate or "I, I can't go to India or I can't do these things. And, you know, really it starts at home and it starts with conversations and it starts with kind of allowing that to ripple out. Um, but then, you know, it comes down to the do as well, to the action. And so, you know, you can follow us on Instagram and learn about all different stories and ways to help. I mean, obviously you're in a 501C3 as well. Donations are always, you know, the end all be all as far as what we can do to offer the services that we offer. Um, I think it's really shocking that you know I live in Charleston, South Carolina, which is which is absolutely a wealthy, well-off city. A lot I'm of my friends just have...
0: in South Carolina, was just there. So yeah. Oh
1: really? Were you in Charleston?
0: So, South Carolina, North Carolina, and then Florida. But uh, yeah, this, Charleston's a beautiful southern city, and it's. The Southern people are so nice and yeah, it's hard to believe that these things go on in the world, but they go on in South Carolina just as much as they go on in North Carolina and every country that we can think of. So that's, again, what people need to open their eyes and understand is that this is not this is not india's problem this is our problem it belongs to all of us it's our problem you know i i'm i'm very much a proponent for this because uh the the group i became involved with they would go out at night and literally pound the streets and then talk to girls and take you know the sur- survivors go out and they talk to girls to get them off the streets so i mean it's and and every super bowl the most yeah. most important thing is to bring in the younger the boys and girls that they can to to some of the major sporting events in our country. It's just, to me, it's, it's, these are the things that people need to understand is that now it's not, it's not Nepal, it's everybody. And it's people in our own country that, that stoop, that stoop to this kind of behavior that continues to for it to continue to even be a, a part of our society is that it starts with every single human being that, until we say no, no more, it doesn't, it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I think it always shocks me that there's um, demand, right? There's demand for this. And, and that can take you down a rabbit hole of of a lot of other psychological yeah. Uh-huh. things. But yeah. Amanda, you've become
0: involved with an organization called World Pulse. Do you know who they are? I don't it's a global organization and, and this is what we, we're going to have to do we're going to have to connect at a global level to help understand what the problem is and what we can do about it global uh, world pulse basically the biggest mission of course is education everything that you're talking about is to create the voices for women that they can hear women in ukraine they can hear women in nepal but again sharing those voices is so important so but what i'd like to do is introduce you to uh, World Pulse to offer you another another community to advance uh, the the knowledge and the the reach out and the voices and you know that's what women connect for that's what we do we connect people uh, and organizations with uh, other organizations that can grow and support what you're doing so what what can we set, tell people today I mean I'm telling you what we can do but what are you telling people today that they can do to help you.
1: $30 a month sends a girl to school, which is 360, $360 a year. You're actually plucking someone out of a slum community or off the street, which allows them to be vulnerable for any form of trafficking for $360 for the year. Mm-hmm. So if I were going to say an ask, I would give a tangible ask that if you if that's within your budget, you will actually be creating change for, for one child in one of these countries. Again, if that's not within your reach, sharing and caring is, is really what I would ask is talk about it, learn about it, follow our social media, share the stories. Um, and, you know, just like you said, awareness is is the start.
0: Yeah. Well, this is something Women Connect for Good can do, as it's what we do, is that we continue the reach. With other organizations who are doing similar things or adding to what you're doing as well. So, um, uh, Melissa, Kathy, we will get some information to you as well. Article. Great. We do a lot of social media. So, one of the things that I would offer to you and your organization is to write, uh, write inform, uh, blog. We do lots of blogging, and uh, of course, as you said, awareness is the key. We'll we'll be glad to support you all in 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 ways that we can. So. Uh, thank
1: you so much yeah yeah. we'd love to do that
0: i said we need to connect you what's going on in the united states as well because no doubt you can learn from any and all organizations that uh, we all have to we all have to work together to get this done we're all in this together so amanda this is wonderful work it's it's not easy work and uh you know, in your lifetime and mine, I'd like to see everything end, especially human sexual trafficking, but at least if we can take one big chunk out of it uh, and then keep taking one chunk after another, then that's what we all need to do.
1: Absolutely, yes, keep chugging along.
0: Yep, yep. So how do they reach you right now? Give us that information, the website, and uh, learn more about your organization.
1: Sure, we can be found at herfuturecoalition.org. And it's the same social media handles, so at Her Future Coalition.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, continued success and, and all things. And like I said, we'll be glad to help you where we can.
1: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: It was great to connect with you. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you
1: for listening.